Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio. Hello and welcome to a delayed edition of Rock and Roll Football. Unfortunately, I was in bed with COVID last week, but I'm back. I'm ready to talk NFL. I'm Jay Lawrence. Today, I have big things that I want to talk about. And of course, uh, I will end with the award ceremony like we do every single week. Let's do a Halloween edition, shall we? Some scary ones. Uh, the more, uh, you know, likely than not, some very silly ones. And um, if you're going to the game this weekend as well, Broncos versus Jags at Wembley Stadium, of course, I will talk about that. And, you know, I will speak about you know both teams but of course Russell Wilson so much to say and so little to say about him <laughs> at the same time to be honest uh, but I'll talk more about that soon and uh, we're going to start though with the, the thing I do want to uh, speak a lot about today actually um, on this truncated edition of Rock and Roll American Football uh, we're going to start with the over and under achievers we'll just focus on the teams this week we're now in week eight where basically everything is clear or you know sort of clear in the NFL no one is mathematically uh, ruled out of the playoffs of course course too early for that but you can get a sense for the amazing teams uh, and the very bad teams the awkward thing is that there's a lot of teams that are kind of bad and kind of good uh, but there are some that stand out in relation to over and underachievers the teams that we thought were you know were going to be crying to themselves in a dumpster in a pizza hut side alley but are instead shocked that they are eating caviar at the ritz and teams that thought they'd be at the ritz but alas are eating stale old pizza in said side alley Okay, we'll start with overachievers, the teams that people thought would be bad. Uh, and yeah, you know, one of the more uh, exciting teams to watch, the Seattle Seahawks. I had Nelson, didn't I, from Radio 1 uh, just a, a few weeks ago. He's a Seahawks fan. He was very confident that they'd beat the Saints, uh, which they didn't. But they have been performing well, of course, over the last few weeks. Do I think that, the, that they are Super Bowl contenders right now? Probably not. Do I think that they're making this season fun to watch? Absolutely. Geno Smith being one of the um, comeback stories of the year. He never really went away, I suppose. He just never, he just rarely played. Uh, being one of the quarterbacks in the NFL to truly not be scared to air it out. Now, unfortunately, DK Metcalf, style wide receiver, looks to be injured. And of course, uh, Rashad Penny is out of the year. You know, not that there's any good news to be taken from that injury, but it does mean that rookie Kenneth Walker can take all the snaps needed to carve himself at the top running back uh, position and prove himself in this league. And he has done so far. Four touchdowns in the last three weeks since Penny was out injured. And I'll repeat what I said, really. Seahawks, I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl. But they will be one of the more fun teams to watch this season. What has been a a strange season in a way, uh, I think it's something like the least passing touchdowns for many many a year per team. Um, So the Seahawks have been fun. Would you like to know a team that has not been fun? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The NFC South is a little bit of a joke right now. Uh, what with the Falcons currently being top? They're top of the NFC, NFC South with a losing record. And the Saints are one game out from top, despite being 2-5 and five and last in the division. That just I mean, that's context, isn't it? For just how bad the NFC South has been this year. But as a Saints fan... It keeps the season interesting, doesn't it? Uh, the Bucks lost to the Ravens on Thursday night, making it a pretty shocking 24 hours for Tom Brady, who lost that game. And then and you know, the next day, uh, I'm recording this on Friday, so today had to announce that he was getting a divorce. So not the most uh, fun 24 hours in Tom Brady's life, I'm sure. So what's the issue with the Bucks? A load of different things, really. Their defense isn't how you know we're used to seeing it. Their wide receivers, on paper, are arguably the best in the league. Mike Evans... Chris Godwin, Julio Jones. But they've been suffering with drops. They're coming back from injury. And also, 
They're an aging Julio Jones. Uh, plus Tom Brady. You know, there's been many a person over the last, well, literally probably about a decade to talk about how oh, Tom Brady's going to decline next year. He's going to decline. Oh, he's going to decline next year. Is he declining this year? Probably. But, you know, no one's going to begrudge him that, to be honest. There were several throws not a target on Thursday night, some underthrown as well. But it is extremely easy to be unfair. There were also absolute dimes thrown into double coverage, uh, which, you know, Tom Brady's only going to have to, you know, be applauded for. You know, that said, the Bucks could easily not make the playoffs. And then Brady, who has, has signed this mega uh, broadcasting contract with Fox, could end his NFL career. Although technically it doesn't actually have to end this year, but you know we're assuming it will. He could end his NFL career this year, not in the playoffs, and you know go out with a little bit of a uh, little bit of a whimper. Uh, I'll touch on two more as well. So let's go with another overachiever, shall I? Uh, the New York Giants, six and one. Bizarrely, the, the NFC East. Uh, the best division in football. Like 12 months ago, it was the worst division in football. This is just how quick the NFL can turn around, can't it? Eagles 6-0, and Giants 6-1, and Cowboys 5-2, and and we'll just forget about Washington. Uh, Giants, to me, are not a great team. They aren't. They have been scraping by thanks to mainly Saquon Barkley, who is proving everyone incorrect when they wrote him off uh, You know, earlier on this, this year, the offseason, or even last year. 726 yards in seven games as well as four touchdowns, averaging over five yards a carry, which is the most in his uh, professional career. They've been scraping through, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't deserve it. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be applauded uh, or anything like that. Quite the opposite. Not every game can be like a 20-point blowout. And it's these wins this early in the season that matter, don't they? They might prove to be a worse team than their record suggests, or they might work out um, that, you know, that little bit more. And they might start to win more comfortably. And what's happened is they obviously have this six and one cushion, and they could uh, improve, and they could really be a force to uh, to to you know be a um, contender. Not only in the NFC East, as I say, they're only they're only one game out. Um, the Eagles have a, a game in hand, but but you know they could be you know a, a force to contend with in the playoffs as well. You know, one more underachiever as well, and you know you knew it was coming. I mean, I'll give you five seconds to try and work out which team I'm going to bring up. Yeah, you were right. Yeah. Sorry, Packers fans. Aaron Rodgers is undeniably one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But man, does he love, like, throwing his team under the bus? Or what? You know, saying that he needs to play a tick better, but the players not performing need to be dropped. I'm not quite sure how the locker room is going to be feeling about that, even if he is Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm sure that they've got so much admiration for their quarterback, but at the same time, you know, I don't think it you know, speaking publicly, publicly necessary about these sorts of things because it's going to be very obvious who they're talking, who he's talking about as well. You know, um, I don't think that's necessarily going to help anything, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he uses considerable say in the building to push for a wide receiver um, because he's obviously not happy about his his current wide receiver roster. You know, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, they've got um, they've got the rookies Watson and um, Doves as well. And Watkins, Sammy Watkins. I don't know if they're cutting that, cutting it. Do you know what I mean? Rogers will be very aware of that, and they'll probably be aware of it as well. He'll probably tell them to their face. He'll probably give them a birthday card, and inside the birthday card, it'll be, you know, uh, happy birthday, Alan. You're not good enough. Three and four, Green Bay Packers, three-game losing streak. Going to the Bills. Ouch. And we'll move on to the last. London game of the season um, and the disappointing Denver Broncos against a mixed Jagu- uh, Jacksonville Jaguars side. 
Uh, of course, you'd imagine that you know the majority of Wembley Stadium are going to be behind the Jags. Built up a loyal following over years and years and years of playing in London. You know, making a considerable effort to be London's team, and of course, it's a home game as well. As much as a home game can, you know, when you're not actually at home. Uh, don't be surprised if there's going to be a lot of people cheering for the Broncos, though. Memories of you know Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl not that long ago. Uh, fans of Russell Wilson as well. The quarterback, who of course was traded from the Seahawks for a haul this offseason. And that is really going to be the big story going into this game, isn't it? Easily. Russell Wilson's performance. Not even the fact that he has been slightly injured. And there was, you know, it looked like he may not actually play this week in London. He didn't play the game last week. Um, not even that. His performance and the fact that he's not been up to par. And surprisingly, especially when you consider how much they were bigged up this offseason, you know, Russell Wilson coming in, he was going to be the one that make that big difference when they've got uh, Cortland Sutton and they've got Jerry Judy as the wide receivers, you know. Um, now, I've described more than once the Denver Broncos um, uh, remind me um, of the 2010 Liverpool football team, right, where new owners came into a team with a very recently appointed new manager. The team doesn't do very well, and six months later... The manager, or in this case, I suppose, with, with the Broncos, the head coach, ends up being cut, right? Now, obviously, a lot of that has happened with the Denver Broncos, apart from the, the cutting of the coach. But I could see that happening with Nathaniel Hackett because Russell Wilson is not going anywhere. That's what happens when you give somebody such a ridiculously long contract and you, you spend a ridiculous amount of money ensuring that he stays in Colorado. The head coach, however, more expendable. And they're not, in, and, as, and as I say, the owners did not appoint the coach. They did not appoint the general manager. Okay, on the Jacksonville side, the promising results against the uh, the Colts and Chargers earlier this season um, have been dashed after only scoring six against the Texans. They lost to the Colts as well. They lost to the Giants. Trevor Lawrence has performed better. Has he taken that next step that many Jags fans wanted him to take going into the second season? Probably not. But let's remember that the London game, um, that that London, you know, as a city, will be special for him. His first ever professional win happened 12 months ago in an overtime victory against the Miami Dolphins. He's going to be looking to get Jacksonville um, back on track this weekend. And I'm sure, as I say, there'll be loads of fans just roaring him on as well. Uh, Finally, on the the shortened show today, let's do the Halloween awards ceremony. The scary, the silly, the straight-up frightening... (laughs) Oh, I literally just think these up just before the show. So we'll see how this goes. Anyway, the award ceremony starts here. The most frightening award goes to Tom Brady when the Bucks aren't performing well and someone gives him a Microsoft tablet. The Gimme All Your Candy Award, or your, your chocolate, your sweets or whatever, goes to the Eagles who trade for Robert Quinn from the Bears. Despite already having the best record in football, they're like, yeah, just give me some more. Gimme all the candy, please. The Look, a Ghost Award goes to Lamar Jackson, who is destroying it in the running game, leaving defenders like he's a ghost and they're you know, all just looking for a semblance of life. Uh, the Pennywise Award for Frightening Children goes to the house across my street who have the most terrifying Halloween display that I've ever seen in my life. Like they've got loads of spiders on there and in the spider's web they've got literally like, well not literally, but they've got a human dangling from the, the spider's web. Uh, and then they've got this this really scary like red devil, and then they've added like a what looks like a wife for the red devil. It's all a bit frightening to be honest with you. And then at night, and I'll shut up about this in a sec. At night, they've got an animation on their windows of a witch making potions. Genuinely, an animation like it's like you're watching telly. Anyway, 
Finally, the I Know What You Did Last Summer award goes to the Denver Broncos front office for committing to Russell Wilson. Uh, That's it from me. I will see you in a few days for another episode of Rock and Roll American Football. Have a good one. The Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio.